Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I'm Tim. I am Luke. And this is the next in our series of the NFC West as we go all the way around the league. 32 teams for you before free agency, team by team, 2022 recap, 2023 offseason preview. Where are they coming? Where are they sitting? Where are they heading? Each team, the ones you love, the ones you hate, and all of them in between. If this is your first, I invite you to go find the other 31. If this is your 10th, I invite you to go find the other 22. 32 of these just for you guys. Try and shorter form content. Do give us a note. Follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod on Twitter and Instagram, halfyardlinepod at gmail.com for email. Would love to know how you feel about these versus some of the longer form content we're doing in the season. We'd love to interact with you guys in that way. Uh, Luke, today we are talking about pod favorite Gino Montana and the Seattle Seahawks. This this team went from being maybe yours and my, but certainly bottom five least favorite organizations to being, you know, top half anyway, top ten. You know, we we love the Seahawks now. Yeah, hard not to cheer for the Seahawks primarily because of Gino and his uh, remarkable turnaround. I mean, last year. The big offseason moves were getting rid of Russell Wilson in a trade with Denver and then also letting Bobby Wagner go. And everyone thought, you know, this is the end of an era. A lot of people thought Pete Carroll might also either retire or leave the job, and he didn't. So the expectation was a time of change in Seattle while they look for what comes next. And instead, they put together a 9-8 and record, get into the playoffs. Pretty remarkable, given the situation they had last year they had almost 60 million dollars in dead cap last season including 26 million dollars they were paying to russell wilson to play for somewhere else they brought in uh drew lock as part of the trade with denver he was meant to compete with geno smith who'd been the backup before geno won the job he led the nfl in completion percentage he won comeback player of the year and now he's been signed to a three-year 105 million dollar deal well done geno is all i put under that uh, subheading they had a draft last year which went as well as you could basically do. They drafted two offensive tackles, both of whom played well. They drafted a running back in Kenneth Walker, who looks like a budding star. They drafted the defensive rookie of the year candidate, Tariq Woolen. They also drafted Kobe Bryant, who was a cornerback who was a solid contributor for this team. So that's four starters, four quality players, and a solid rotational player in one draft, which, again, Seattle fans will be familiar with from their famous drafts of yesteryear with John Schneider and Carroll, where they built that Legion of Boom slash Russell Wilson team pretty much uh, in one or two years. From a statistical standpoint, they were kind of middle of the pack in passing and running on offense in terms of yards per game, but they were ninth in points per game. Again, this will sound familiar to Seattle fans. They're always very efficient and productive on the offensive side of the ball, even if the yards didn't wow you. Defensively weren't too strong. They were bottom 10 in yards per game allowed. They were third worst in rushing yards per game allowed, so certainly areas for improvement. Before they signed Gino, they had 24 million bucks in cap space. Uh, They've used up, we, we roughly estimate, 10 to $12 million of that based on our completely uh, unofficial calculations. So they've used up some money, but they still have some. Um, And they have, most importantly of all, as far as off-season building goes, nine draft picks. Woo! All of their own. And then they have two ones and two twos. Thank you very much to Russell Wilson. Yeah. So they're picking... How about this for a run, right? You talk about players who are top 50 players. You know, uh, Daniel Jeremiah on NFL.com does this. Other guys put out the top 50 list. You know, who are the guys you want to target? 
They have pick 5, 20, 37, and 52. So that's four players, give or take, in the top 50 that they can draft this season. I mean, that is pretty much as good a position as you could hope to be in, especially coming hot off the heels of a draft that you just knocked out of the park. Tim Seattle last year, a pod favorite for Geno's remarkable story and revival. The fact that the team went from everyone's favorite favorite to be a complete disaster while they rebuilt to a playoff contending team and some a group that looks to be rebuilding on the fly under Pete Carroll. Your strategy in this particular podcast, Luke, should be to get me to talk as little as possible because my goal in this whole thing is to talk about how terrible Russell Wilson has been for now two organizations. <laughs> Um, if you haven't listened to the Denver podcast yet, by all means, check that out for Tim's uh, understated opinions on this matter. Yeah. Russell Wilson has, as much as he has bombed Denver with a epic size nuclear device, um, he has left a paradise behind in Seattle. They didn't have to give him the contract. They were able to bring in some guys to compete. Gino made the best of his opportunity. They've got assets to use. They're making them decent selections with them so far. They've got two picks in the first round this year, two picks in the second round this year to add new talented players around the core that they've built. I think in a bad conference, this is a legitimate contender to go deep in the postseason if they make the right choices this year. So obviously a lot to do, and we'll talk about some of the key free agents and some of the things that they're going to have to do going forward. But if you told me I had four picks in the first two rounds to solidify whether it's the line, whether it's the defense, like those are all premier picks that should be able to deliver you starters if you're careful about how you use them and draft, you know, best player available instead of just picking on need. And, and I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be in place to do that. Um, still not a huge Pete Carroll fan, so they'll never be number one on, in my heart by any means, but uh, really cool to see a team uh, who everybody was lambasting for not letting Russ cook, let Russ go. And and perhaps let something grow out of it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, one uh, quick corrections and clarifications department. I said that they've got picks thirty-seven and fifty-two, but I think because of the weird fact that there's only thirty-one picks in the first round, they're actually thirty-seven, thirty-six, and fifty-one. 51, so yeah. you know, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to get used to that one. But anyway, you mentioned about some judicious additions could take this team over the top. I agree. NFC is very watered down right now. Only a couple of teams you're really worried about. Eagles and Niners, I would say, probably those two teams. As far as areas of need for the Seahawks, I actually thought mainly defense. I had a defensive line slash potentially some edge depth and linebacker. Linebacker Jordan Jordan Brooks is a brilliant player, was brilliant last year, but unfortunately tore his knee late in the season. So obviously that will be um, impactful for him, even if he can start the 2023 season. Guys always take a while to come back from that. He's an excellent, very rangy linebacker. But basically what then happened is when they played San Francisco in the playoffs, the Shanahan offense, which is extremely hard on linebackers at the best of times because of all of the zones, all of the motion, all of the you know play action boot that they use and all the play design that Shanahan is so famous for really puts a strain on that position and their linebackers just got crushed in that game and so I think if you're in the division with San Francisco it's got to be a priority to try and slow that team down I mentioned they were third worst in rushing yards per game I think linebackers are part of that as a defensive line you've got to be good against the run if you're playing against the Niners twice a year and they look like the class of this division one of the classes of this conference 
Seattle's got Al Woods, but he's 35 years old. They brought in Shelby Harris as part of the trade with Denver, another piece of that trade that worked out great. He played very well, but you probably could do with adding some pieces, some depth in that position, or you know maybe even another frontline starter if you can find a nose tackle to replace Woods as he maybe ages out of that position. Last year, they had productive outside linebacker slash edge play from two guys, but you probably want to have three. Boye Mafe is the draft pick they hope steps forward from a year ago. You had some issues with LJ Collier, who you took in the first round a few years ago. He's never really developed into that legitimate pass rushing threat. And last year they were they had Bruce Irvin back out there, who was put up some reasonably good numbers uh, as a rotational outside linebacker edge rush piece. But realistically, he's 35 years old and you don't want to be running the uh, running the bus back too often in that position, I would say, outside of the two guys. They have Echenna Nwoso and Daryl Taylor, who were the main sack producers a year ago. So they're the areas of need I would suggest. Primarily, Tim, don't know if you had any other thoughts outside sort of front seven is really where I concentrated my my thoughts. No, I think you got it. I mean, at the end of the day, always when you're going to give a quarterback a deal, you want to find him some weapons. And so building on their skill positions is always a place that you can enhance. And certainly the front half of the defense um, is going to be an area where they can they can really make uh, moves. So be interesting to see. I really do hope, though, that they take a best player available approach to the offseason. Grow the depth around. You got a shortcut in finding a quarterback. Um, take advantage of that shortcut and, and see if you can't uh, build in a more thoughtful way instead of always plugging the, 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 the biggest need. Yeah, for sure. And we talked about kind of needs that they might have in terms of players they might get rid of that might create some cap space for this team or potentially create more holes for them to fill. The main one is Gabe Jackson. I mean, he is 32 in week one of next year and he just had his career low in snaps played and his P- and his career worst PFF grade as a run and pass blocker and he can save you $8 million. So that seems like a lot to save you some some uh, some money. Quinton Jefferson is a $4 million saving, but he also got you five and a half sacks last year. So I don't know if you want to be mortgaging production for what is a fairly nominal cap saving. The big cap number as you look at this team that stands out like a sore thumb is Jamal Adams. He is being paid a fortune and has had a lot of very serious injuries Um on top of obviously the contract they gave him and the draft capital they gave up to acquire him in the first place. That contract isn't one they can really get out of at this point in time. It's going to cost you more to cut him than to keep him. So you just hope for the best and bring him back and maybe he gets back to full health and plays well. But the two safeties, him and Quandre Diggs, could be restructured to save you about $12 million. So if you want to be aggressive in free agency, maybe that's a route you go down. And that might be something they do to retain free agents. Puna Ford is probably the main guy that I had on the list for them to bring back. He's always been a solid piece for them. He's not a household name necessarily, but always been productive, always been solid on the defensive line. Won't cost you a ton of money to bring back. Cody Barton was second on the team in tackles last year at linebacker. But as I said, I think that's a position they can get better at. So maybe you let him go, you bring somebody else in. And once Brooks gets back to uh, full health, you can look to add a running mate for him at the linebacker position on the list of free agents tim not sure if you had anyone else circled or maybe someone they should cut but it's not the most glaringly obvious group on either the cut candidates or the free agency list in my opinion no i think you you got some of them the one name that i saw as kind of an up-and-comer uh for them that i might 
<clears throat> lean into was Ryan Neal. So strong safety for them. I thought had some moments where he was looking like a player. I, I don't think he's going to cost a ton to bring back. I think generally when you can keep your uh, young guys who have played reasonably well on the team, it's better for everybody. They grow in that system. They have an opportunity um, to excel. But, you know, that's a, a guy who's, you know, coming off of, you know, a relatively discounted contract. You know, he's he's not going to be super expensive. Maybe he's a couple million dollars to keep around. But I think he's got real promise uh, to keep kind of growing. Into yeah, it that. depends on how confident you are about Jamal Adams, right? He's had He's been the one to step in to that position while Jamal Adams has had all the injuries. And obviously, sure. Jamal Adams missed like the entirety of last season. So might also play a factor. But yeah, I agree. It probably won't cost you the earth to bring him back. And he's familiar with the system, familiar with the team and so on. So should make some sense. Uh, and apart from that, from a f- gap-filling standpoint, the draft position is pretty good. I think we covered that one already. So use those picks wisely, and a lot of ills will be cured. The only other thing I thought they could maybe do is look at a defensive tackle on the free agency market. They've got a little bit of cash to throw around. It's a deep class. They've been difficult. They've been, they found it difficult to stop the run, so it might be a position that they look to fortify. Maybe you bring in a veteran guy like an Ogunjobi. Maybe you take a big swing at a Javon Hargrave, see how far that gets you. Can't hurt. So that's probably the only position out on the open market that I think they could maybe target. But uh, they don't have as much cap room as they'd probably like. And with Gino on such a manageable or manageable, manageable-ish number, the time is right now. So if you can have another draft like the one you just had, you will be in great shape. Yeah, and a lot of people tell me, you know, oh, are they are they are they really that good? You know, the NFC was bad. They snuck into the playoffs. But listen, you know, if you're a team like Seattle who thought you were in gut and rebuild mode and you have found yourself in competitive mode, all you're looking for is a chip and a chair. If you can short circuit this thing and get yourself in the the postseason and make a run and get to the NFC title game, and then who knows? You know, your opposing quarterback could get hurt and you have a free game. Like the <laughs> You know, I don't know. I just think you got a little bit of goodwill. People like the team. People like the feel of the team. The town's behind the team. You know, for as much as they were unhappy to let Russ go, the fan base did not like that move by and large. Um, I think they're very happy with the way it worked out, and I couldn't be happier for them. So I think that's going to do it for us here on the half-yard line covering the Seattle Seahawks end of the 2022 season. Looking forward to the 2023 offseason uh, one of 32 team by team podcasts we're doing for you guys before free agency. So please do check out the rest. Follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Half Yard Line Pod at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, let us know how you feel about these pods. Uh, what do you like? What do you not like? We'd love to hear uh, feedback and interact with our fans in that way. Uh, but until the next time, I am Tim and goodbye. I am Luke. Speak to you soon.